summer camp for trans kids as low as four years old. Stories coming up. Another Chinese balloon? What? And are you white enough for surgery? <laughs> you will not believe this one. A real head shaker if there ever was one. Welcome to the Jay Sheldon Show. That's me. And uh, we're here. Yeah. Hey. Woohoo. It's, uh, what is it? Tuesday, right? Yeah. Tuesday. Oh, my goodness. And it has been another one of those days. Hey, one of our sponsors, Blackout Coffee. They were founded on the principles of conservative values, and they make the best roasted, fresh, premium-grade coffee beans you will find on the planet. It is just a damn good cup of coffee, and they help to support <clears throat> our American values. Support this company Get a special deal and a promo code JS20 for 20% off your first order. Blackout Coffee. Use the link down there in our show notes. All right. It's time to get you updated on our favorite little girl who is sitting downstairs right now because she is so full. She can barely move. She ate so much food today. I, she's going to get fat. She's not fat. You can tell from this picture. She's perfect size and uh, very fit, not fat. I am worried, though, because if she keeps eating this way, I have a feeling her cycle's coming. It's about due. So <clears throat> that may be the reason for it. I don't know. But um, yeah, she ate a ton of food today. And ran around, did zoomies in the yard. So she probably ran some of it off, I'm sure. Our Miko update brought to you by BarkBox. BarkBox.com slash Miko is our special link, M-I-K-O. If you use that link, <clears throat> you will get this free offer. With a multi-month subscription, you get a free month. All right, from BarkBox.com. Every month, delivered right to your door, a premium box full of special, incredibly fun toys, Yummy, delicious, all-natural dog treats, two bags of those, and a dog chew. And that comes every month. Every month is a new theme. They do something seasonal or for the holiday that month or whatever it might be. And BarkBox.com is the place to check it out. So please do that and buy something while you're there for your dog. Your dog will be so happy. I guarantee it. In fact, they guarantee it with a 100% happiness guarantee. If you're ever not happy with something, Get a hold of customer service. Their folks are great there, and they will make it right no matter what. BarkBox.com slash Miko. That is the name and the URL you need to go to. The link is in our show notes, so please do check that out. All right. It's time to get into it. And when I saw this today, I thought, mm -mm -mm, it's just going to get messier and messier. This is from the Daily Wire, and it is, you know, I, I, I feel like a broken record. I don't care who you sleep with. I don't care who you love. I don't care what you do in bed. You be you, and just keep the damn kids out of it. Nope, they don't want to do that. So, we will continue. Chest binders and sleeping bags. Summer camps. For transgender kids 
as young as four years old is all the new craze. Mm, I am absolutely not kidding. From New Hampshire to California, overnight summer camps for transgendered children as young as four are cropping up all over the U.S., operated from secret locations. I wonder if they even told the parents. Although some of these whacked-out parents who encourage this crap are probably gleefully signing them up. Counselors reinforce campers' gender dysphoria with voice training, makeup sessions, and other trans-centered activities. There's one called Camp Lilac, which is an overnight camp at an undisclosed location in central Ohio. More than 100 kids, some as young as 12, are free to socialize, grow, and express themselves in an environment without caregiver supervision. That's according to the website. By caregivers, the site basically is referring to parents. You can volunteer if you're a parent at the camp, but you're not allowed to go to sessions with your kids, which automatically, ning, 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 the bell should go off if they had a bell or a brain. But, you know, these parents just keep sipping the Kool-Aid. A typical day at the trans-centered activities like makeup, hair tutorials, voice training, Uh, My son, this is a quote, my son has to have his defenses up and maxed all day, every day, until he gets home, said one parent. At camp, he's just who he is, unapologetically, running around in his chest binder and not having to explain himself. Camp Mulberry in Southern California a free camp for transgendered kids as young as six years old, according to their website. Our volunteer counselors, fully vetted and trained, transgender, gender-diverse adults who will serve as mentors for our youth. Several camps do not disclose their location because uh, out of what they call security concerns. TF, the Trans Youth Equity Foundation, hosts a youth camp in a confidential uh, location in New England, which is where I grew up. Kids as young as seven can attend, and they provide free chest binders. I wonder if they buy them at Target for girls under 18 who identify as boys. They're promoted by the Maine Department of Education's website. Mm. Oakland, California, Boulder, Colorado, Camp Indigo allows trans and gender diverse kids as young, get ready, as young as four years old to enjoy a normal summer day camp experience. Co-founder Andrew Kramer told the Daily Wire, about 150 kids a week attend the Oakland location, more than 100 per week, 
from 18 states attend the Border Colorado camp. He says it's a camp for trans youth, but not a camp about being trans. He said, although the camp is specifically for children who identify as transgender or non-binary, only campers over 12 take parts in activities like the exploration of trans history and trans-focused sex education. 12. Well, the four-year-olds are, I don't know what, the boys playing with makeup and basically being kids. There you go. The article is in our show notes. You can read the whole thing, share it with your friends, shake your head and suck your tongue and wonder how any, any parent in their right mind would get their kids engaged in this kind of crap. Seriously, we are, what, about three days away from the end of what used to be Pride Month and now is just Pervert Month? Not kidding. Listen to Tom McDonald. There's a little rough language here, but man, does he make a point. As everyone knows, it's Pride Month. I just want to say, if the woke mob and all of these corporations really wanted to empower the LGBTQ community, they would have did so back when their support had real consequences. It might have been righteous if Target stood next to gay people back when that meant their stores would have been trashed or shut down altogether. But standing proudly with the LGBTQ community in 2023 for 30 days only, it doesn't feel rad. It feels trendy. And the trend is woke capitalists charading as allies to a community that they really don't give a about just so they can suck up every rainbow dollar on earth for 30 days. It's also Men's Mental Health Awareness Month and I've barely heard two words about that. You think we could spend just a little more time focusing on men's mental health? Because honestly, with all this woke bull being crammed down our throats all the time, it's enough to make a man go crazy. You know, men, those people who build our bridges, stand our buildings, dig our ditches, fight our fires, protect our communities, and serve in our militaries. How about we have a little pride in our men's mental health? Yeah. How about, huh? Tom McDonald, truer words. All right, folks, just uh, give me 60 seconds here to let you know about one of our incredible sponsors, and that would be the amazing Blackout Coffee. Blackout Coffee, absolutely incredible, and you can get a special deal if you use our link. Yes, that face was Dan Bongino. He has his own blend of coffee. You tired of the same old liberal garbage junk coffee that tastes like crap? You want coffee designed for patriots. That would be these guys, Blackout Coffee. It is for people with cojones, spines, that like coffee, that tastes like coffee, not brown water. Look, I personally recommend Blackout Coffee because I love it. It tastes like coffee. It drives liberals crazy. This is a coffee company that is 100% committed to family, honesty, our conservative American values, from sourcing the beans to the roasting process, customer support, shipping, Blackout Coffee has an incredible work ethic. They're dedicated to promoting conservative principles, and they accept absolutely no compromise on taste and quality. The coffee, seriously, it is amazing. It tastes incredible. It is kick-butt, kick-you-in-the-butt coffee that will wake you up, keep you going. It's one thing to love the country. That comes first, but you got to make a good product. 
That's what loving the country is all about. Capitalism, hard work. I'll tell you, the owner of this company cares about two things, the good old U.S. of A., and making an amazing coffee. Do me a favor, check out the Blackout Coffee link. It's in our show notes tonight. And uh, use promo code JS20, J's20 at checkout for 20% off your first order. There's the promo code right there. Oop, right there. Uh, JS, J-A-Y-S 20. I should change that to J20. It's a little confusing, don't you think? Anyway, for now, JS20, use that promo code at checkout and you will get an amazing offer from the good folks at The Jay Sheldon Show and Blackout Coffee. Trust me, you will never go back to that junk you've been drinking when you try Blackout Coffee. Mm-mm. Speaking of which. All right. How stupid have we become as a country? Well, some of us apparently took that as a challenge and really stepped up. (laughs) I'm telling you, the people that you see these days that have just, is it no concern or they're just that, they don't care? They're just that stupid? This story, I saw this a while ago, but now there's more details. This woman laughs, sings, and dances, and it's all on video, in police custody after she killed two people drunk driving. There she is. Police body cam footage. I've got a bit of it for you coming up has captured a U.S. woman singing, laughing, and dancing in police custody after she killed two people driving under the influence. Illinois woman Stephanie Melgoza, 24, old enough to know better, has been given a 14-year prison sentence. Good. Should be longer. After she pled guilty to killing two pedestrians while drunk driving in April of last year. Body cam and footage. Her dented bonnet smashed windscreen can be seen while local police speak with the woman. And after a series of field sobriety tests, breathalyzer tests, in which the 24-year-old could be seen smirking and giggling, she blew way over the limit and was arrested by police. Despite being handcuffed, she could be seen smirking, laughing, while police escorted her to the back of the vehicle. They took her to the local hospital for what appeared to be further sobriety tests and a health checkup, where she continued to joke and laugh and sing. Police told her, you hit and killed two people. Take a look at some, just some. There's tons more. It's in the link in our show notes if you read this article from uh, newshub.co.nz. But take a look at just a part of what this stupid woman has done. Wait, 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 wait. Where'd it go? Where did it go? All right, we'll take a look at this one. I told you it's hard. I'd rather do the walking. Okay, go up. 
your head straight, just look up with your eyes. Keep your head tilted down. Oh, sorry. We're going to try that again. Okay. Just look up like you're looking at the sky, okay. but keep your head down. Right. One more time on that, okay? Right. Okay. Come right over here for the next test, okay? Unbelievable. What I'm going to have you do is stand about right here, mm -hmm. face my car. We don't have a line. We're going to pretend there's an invisible line straight from you to my license invisible. plate, okay? Can you see my license plate fine? All right, that's, that's, that's the area we're going to shoot for. We're going to walk towards that, okay? Invisible what I want you to do is put your left foot down first. Okay. Now put your right foot in front of your left foot with your right heel touching your left toe just as I'm demonstrating. Go, right go ahead and get in that okay. position can for I, me. Can I show an example? Yeah, I want you to. Oh, okay. Go ahead and tie your shoe for me, okay? This woman has just killed two people. She's laughing. She's smiling. Check out the rest of this article. There's more body cam footage. There's a part of it where she's, I, I don't know, she's in the hospital or the police station. And she's saying, can I get my car back because I have to go to work Monday? Yeah, she's serious. And the officer says, no, you're not getting your car back. You killed two people. It's evidence. You're going to jail. So does that mean I, I can't go to work Monday? Because I really have to get to work. I'm, I'm not kidding. You read the article and look at, look at the footage. This is where we've become. This is where we're at as a society. Somehow we manufacture these kind of people. It's, it's beyond me. Where? Where do they come from? How, how do these people exist in society? <sighs> okay. Liar, liar, pants on fire. And no, I'm not talking about Joe Biden. I could be, because he is one of the most prolific liars, including, you know, <laughs> just today. But this is a woman who should probably know that she shouldn't lie. She is a Harvard... Harvard behavioral scientist and she studies dishonesty that's her job she's a behavioral scientist with Harvard and she studies lying she is accused of fabricating data in multiple research papers basically she lied. She's been placed on leave. Francesca Gino. She's been accused of fabricating data in several studies about honesty. Her personal, uh, her research partner, rather, is reviewing their studies for other signs of fraud. She's currently on administrative leave after Explosive allegations emerged challenging the credibility of her research. In a blog post earlier this month, a trio of data researchers presented what they said was evidence of academic fraud in four studies that were authored by Gino. Noted they also believed a lot more of Gino-authored papers contain fake data. She was a rising star at Harvard 
her behavioral research studies relating to cheating, lying, and dishonesty received widespread media coverage over the past 10 years. Questions about her work first emerged regarding a 2012 study she co-authored, which purportedly showed that making people sign an honesty pledge at the beginning of a form rather than the end increases honest responses. And look, there's the liar now. Unbelievable. So yeah, a Harvard behavioral scientist who is an expert in studying lying basically lied no more. Yeah, okay, you don't need to see that. You want to know more? Check it out in our show notes. The whole article is there. Uh, you know, somehow it just, it really doesn't surprise me in the least. It, it Seriously, I am absolutely unfazed by that story because I think it makes absolutely perfect sense. Hey, hmm. is there another spy balloon? flying over the U.S. This story just from yesterday. Representative Rosenthal, or Rosendale, has revealed that the Department of Justice is ignoring another potential spy balloon over Montana. Youch! She's cast, Matt Rosendale cast a spotlight on a potential espionage balloon Traversing eastern Montana skies, the airborne intruder hovering around 57,000 feet, tracked by Dawson County residents, ignited a wave of concerns about national security. Have you heard anything about this? I bet you haven't. Representative Rosendale heads the newly minted 2nd Congressional District of Montana and he voiced very strong concerns about the seeming uh, absence of openness surrounding the incident. Nobody is talking about this. He said, I contacted DOD, was informed they are aware, but due to the size of the balloon and low probability that it's conducting surveillance, they will not be investigating. He says, if the spy balloon in February taught us anything, it's that Montanans are vigilant and want to know what is flying over our state and will expose the Biden administration for not protecting us. There you go. Look at that. But they said, the Department of Defense says, oh, you know, it's just a small balloon and it's so high up it can't be spying. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, and you expect we're going to buy that? Uh, no, we're not. Keep an eye on this story, folks. It may or may not get bigger, but uh, <laughs> it's freaky. All right. Hey, are you white enough to get surgery? Well, you might, you might be too white, so you don't qualify. What? I know. It sounds weird, huh? Let me put it another way. Are you brown or black enough to have surgery? If you live in New Zealand, a country which already is basically a third world dictatorship, certainly during the COVID 
lockdowns with that moron communist in charge. But it's just not going away. New Zealanders, what the hell are you doing over there? New Zealand has been using a race-based surgery wait list since 2020 for three years now. And people are only just now finding out about it. <laughs> nice meme. But this says it all. No surgery. Surgery okay. The debate at hand should ethnicity be a factor for surgery wait lists. If at first thought you were thinking, what? That's racist. Congrats. You're probably sane. But for the Wokies, deciding who gets surgery based on skin color, they would call that equity. Equality. This week, New Zealanders are debating whether ethnicity, the color of your skin, should be a determining factor whether or not patients get surgery. How is this even being talked about? Are you freaking kidding me? Clinicians, get this, they've used an algorithm to modify the placement of patients on elective surgery wait lists. The algorithm considers factors like the duration of the patient's time on the wait list, their residential location, financial situation, you got enough money, and the weirdest, wackiest of all, your ethnicity. According to the Associated Press, indigenous Maori and Pacific Island patients are given a higher priority on the list, pushing down Caucasian New Zealanders and other ethnicities. ethnicities. The idea is to balance long-standing inequities. As the austere scholar and racist Marxist Ibram X. Kendi put it, the only remedy to past discrimination is present discrimination. Yeah. This algorithm is actually in use right now in Auckland, the country's largest city, 1.4 million people. Since 2020, they've been doing this bullshit. Most people have just totally not been aware that it even exists until just last Monday when News Talk ZB, a talk radio station in New Zealand, reported on it, stating some surgeons were ethically opposed to using ethnicity as a factor. White New Zealanders are being pushed to the bottom of surgery wait lists. Prime Minister Chris Hipkins says it's the indigenous citizens who are being discriminated against. At the moment, there is clear evidence that Maui, Pacific, rural, and low-income communities have been discriminated against, against by the health system. This is a hot topic during last year's elections. The conservative opposition were firmly against it, and Monday, uh, opposition leader Christopher Luxon spoke to reporters. 
Pretty simple. Race should not play a part in determining surgical needs. Bingo. Seriously. Are you dark enough to get operated on? New Zealand, seriously, what the hell is going on over there? I mean, this, what was her name? Jacinda, that freak? Has she gone to work to the, for the uh, WEF yet? Insane. Absolutely insane. And you just keep voting these people in. So you know what? F around and find out. You asked for it. You're going to get it. Good and hard. <sighs> All right. Uh, you know, we are a podcast. Uh, this show, the audio part of our show, goes out as a podcast on Apple iTunes, uh, Spotify, all the big podcast platforms, and most of the small ones, too. And we have actually a pretty, pretty sizable podcast audience in India. We, uh, we don't really talk too much about things from India, but for some reason we do, and so thank you. We really do appreciate that over there. Uh, we've got listeners to our podcast all over the world, but India spikes up, and I'm not quite sure. I've never been able to understand that, but we love you to pieces, India. And uh, this article, I, I can't spend a lot of time because it's all text, it's all data, and it's all very weird, and it's something I had never heard or known about. Uh, the population bomb led to the sterilization of eight million Indians. And Paul Ehrlich just lives out his life as a beloved professor. Now, the population bomb calls for a multi-pronged solution to overcoming what they think is an overpopulation crisis. We all know, ask Elon Musk, he'll tell you, there is no overpopulation crisis. In fact, in some cases, there is an underpopulation problem. One prong was coercive mass sterilization. Ehrlich, this moron professor, particularly recommended this for India, a country at the forefront of rising populations. When we suggested sterilizing all Indians, males, with three or more children. Chandreshtakar, an Indian official who shared Ehrlich's views, should have encouraged the Indian government to go ahead with the plan. We should have volunteered logistic support in the form of helicopters, vehicles, and surgical instruments. We should have sent doctors to aid in the program of sterilizing 8 million males. There's more to this story. There is more in the uh, link in our show notes. It's uh, a whole bunch of clips from this article. Again, I can't go through the whole thing, but here's just yet another head shaker moment about these programs these Nazis have tried in the past and will continue to try and shove down our throats. You must read this. There's a link to a tweet from Altman Sam, and that entire article is in that tweet, so do check it out. You don't even need to be a Twitter subscriber to check it out. It is frightening. Eight million 
Indian males. They wanted to sterilize. And in some cases, they got away with it. Frightening. All right, speaking of the WEF and the WHO and all those other UN, all those other great unelected people who want to control your life, this is from ClimateDepot.com. Guess who has a new job with the WHO? John Kerry's daughter. Yeah. Dr. Vanessa Kerry, the daughter of idiot John Kerry, who flies around on his private jets complaining about your car and wants to take your car away from you and your gas stove and wood-burning pizza ovens in New York. Did you hear that one? Mm. She has been appointed as the WHO Director General's Special Envoy for Climate Change and Health. Well, isn't that nice? She is also, no surprise here, affiliated with the World Economic Forum. That's her. There's more details here. Read the article, but there's that moron, Carrie. There is his apparent idiot daughter who now has a brand new cushy job with the WHO Director General Special Envoy for Climate Change and Health. Well, isn't that nice? All right. This... You know what, I, you want to read the rest of the article, go ahead. But frankly, <clears throat> I wouldn't even bother to give these people the time of day, morons. Unbelievable. Oh, and are you vegan or vegetarian? Ah, <laughs> oh, man. I'm not, I'm a meat and potatoes guy. Give me meat, give me meat. Steak, hamburgers, pork chicken, whatever. If it's meat, I'll eat it. Well, take a look at this. I love this guy. Celebrity chef John Mountain has announced if you're a vegetarian, you are no longer welcome at his restaurant. <laughs> I'm not kidding. This guy finally took a stand. We need more people like this guy. What's his name? John Mountain. Take a listen uh, hang on to make sure we got volume here and take a listen to, to Mr. Mr. Mountain. I'm done with vegans. I'm absolutely done, done, done with vegans. Celebrity chef John Mountain says vegans are no longer welcome at his fire restaurant. The controversial ban came after a disgruntled diner made a complaint about the lack of vegan options on the menu, charged $32 for vegetables. He accepted the complaint not the personal attack. It's my shortcoming of a chef and I'm not quite good enough. Chef Mountain making the snap decision. Sadly, all vegans are now banned from fire for mental health <laughs> reasons. We thank you for your understanding. All vegans are banned. End of. No more. Never again. God help them. Please go find another kebab shop somewhere that's happy to give you that plastic rubbish that you enjoy to eat so much. Go and enjoy your life somewhere else. I've worked for some of the best chefs in the world and to be told that you're not good enough, by some sort of influencer type vegan person that I'm not into the 2023s killed me. I'm done with vegan. <laughs> uh, there you go. I'm done with 
vegans. Go, celebrity chef John Mountain, we love you. And, you know, somebody complained because they didn't have enough vegan options on his menu. Well, go somewhere else, you moron. It's not a vegan restaurant, idiot. Oh, man. All right, what do I got here? Uh, yeah, okay, this one's weird. This comes from the Congo. This is um, strange at best. This is a video that was um, put out there on Twitter. But it's actually projectmatilda.com who has the link. That is where our link in our show notes will take you. But a group of it was police officers, children in bags found in the Congo, apparently for sale. Women carrying children in sacks were stopped. They claimed the children were in the bags because they were being punished. People who opened them believe they were trying to sell them. It is absurd, but believe it or not, the selling and buying of children in the Congo is not punished. The country is a paradise for child traffickers. Take a look at this footage. This is the bags. There's the women. There's one child there. I don't know whether that's a organization, police officer. I have no idea. They've got these bags all lined up here. And they, uh, they open one up. He's yelling at the woman, you know, what's in the bag? What are this for? She says they're being punished. Well, he's saying, bullcrap, you're selling them. And like I said, in the Congo, you're not punished for buying or for selling children. Take a look when he opens this up. This is insane. There you go. Look at that. This is... This is beyond reasonable. Look at this little kid. How old? Maybe, what, one? Maybe a year old? No idea at all what's going on. Man, that is sad. It's in the Congo. It's happening right now. That's one that got caught. Trust me, for every one, it's probably... A hundred that didn't get caught. We're in some serious trouble, folks. Jim Cassavantes has a new film coming out. July 4th, I believe. You need to see it. You need to watch it. It's important. You can't, you can't jump anywhere on Twitter. You <clears throat> won't see links. We'll put a link in our show one day this week uh, to the preview <clears throat> of that. And uh, he's been all over social media talking about this amazing film. And you it has to do with exactly that. The buying and selling, sex slave, workers, uh, children. It is the biggest, most profitable business on earth. And it is frightening. All right. I uh, got one more for you before we uh, move on over to our book. And uh, before we do that... 
we are going to tell you about an amazing company with an amazing product, and you know what that is. It's good for your health. It'll make you healthier. It will make you have more energy, and it is Brickhouse Nutrition. Brickhouse Nutrition Field of Greens is the product. That, look, at Brickhouse, they've got a ton of products over there, and they are all amazing. But the one we really want to tell you about is Field of Greens, because this is the one that is going to make the most difference in your life. It is fresh, wholesome, USDA fruits and vegetables. This is not a supplement. If you look on the back of the package, it doesn't say supplement facts. It says nutrition facts. Vegetables, fruits, they are the key to healthy living. But we all know how impossible that is. You got to go shop for them. You got to prepare them. You got to store them. Sometimes by the time you get to using them, they've gone off. They've gone rotten. Well, Field of Greens is a science-backed formula, <clears throat> specific, healthy, wholesome fruits and vegetables uh, ground into an amazing tasting powder. You just mix it in with, you can put in water if you want, but orange juice, green tea, whatever it is, maybe a little chrysanthemum tea or something. You mix that in there, drink it down, you're good to go. Real USDA organic fruits and vegetables, not extracts. Several great tasty flavors. You can see some of them right there. You will love it and it is good for you. The next time you start using this, the next time you go to your doctor for a checkup, I promise you he's going to look at you. He's going to say, I don't know what you've been doing, but keep doing it because it's working. Field of Greens from Brickhouse Nutrition. Use our special link. It's down there in the show notes and you will get an amazing offer now from the Jay Sheldon Show from Brickhouse Nutrition Thank you, Brickhouse, for this uh, <clears throat> this uh, amazing product. Seriously, it's absolutely incredible. Really, really good stuff. You will be healthier. Guaranteed. All right. Like I said, one more before we get to uh, George Orwell's 1984. I saw this on Twitter. Somebody I follow, her name is Denise. I don't know who Denise is. But anyway, <laughs> she posted this. And I thought it was brilliant. I actually answered this. I'll tell you what my answer was, but I'd be really interested in knowing what's yours. You can put it in the chat if you like so everybody can see it. Name one thing that you've done that you don't think anyone else on this page has done or listening to this show. Name one thing. She got a ton of replies. And she's answered a whole bunch of them. But more interesting than just this, which is kind of cool, are the replies. You won't, Now, I have not seen these since it's been updating in a couple days. But some of these replies are insane. Met John Travolta at Pub 44 near Smyrna Beach. He had one of my daughters at a Daytona hospital. Uh, broad, uh, here's mine. This, now I got a bunch of them, but I put this one up there. I broadcast live on the radio from the nose cone, the bombardier spot of a B-17 flying fortress from World War II. What a ride. It was, it was amazing. One of the thrills of my life, right? Flying in that B-17 flying fortress. It was insane. Here's somebody said, playing guitar with John Lennon in my living room. 
Whoa! Been on the newlywed game and won. Huh. Uh, survived five heart attacks in three days. Youch. Flown an aircraft faster than the speed of sound. That's incredible. Uh, as a non-pro singer, I had the opportunity to sing twice at Carnegie Hall. I also sang in Florence, Italy and in London. Sailed around the world twice. Crossed the equator on a ship. Sailed through Panama and Suez Canal. And got shot at by pirates of Somalia. This list goes on and on and on. And some of the things these people have done are just remarkable. It's fascinating to read this. So what's yours? Name one thing that you've done that you don't think anyone else listening to this show has done. You put it in the comments. I'd love to hear from you. Fantastic. All right. It's time for our book. We are reading George Orwell's 1984, which turned out to be more prophetic than I could ever have imagined. This book is insane at exactly how it reflects the times we live in <clears throat> right here in 2023, my friends. Um, we read books on this show because we like to encourage you to read, pick up a book, and most important, get your kids to read. We, in the past, we've done classic children's books, Peter Pan, Wizard of Oz, The Little Prince, The Jungle Book. We've done all kinds of great children's literature. We've switched things up a bit, and we're doing George Orwell's 1984. We are right in the middle of chapter 16. You will understand. I must start by asking you certain questions. In general terms, what are you prepared to do? Anything that we are capable of, said Winston. And that's where we left off on last night's show. Here we go. O'Brien had turned himself a little in his chair, so he was facing Winston. He almost ignored Julia, seeming to take it for granted Winston could speak for her. For a moment, the lids flitted down over his eyes. He began asking his questions in a low, expressionless voice, as though it were a routine, a sort of catechism most of whose answers were known to him already. You're prepared to give your lives? Yes. You're prepared to commit murder? Yes. To commit acts of sabotage which may cause the death of hundreds of innocent people? Yes. To betray your country to foreign powers? Yes. You're prepared to cheat, to forge, blackmail, to corrupt the minds of children? to distribute habit-forming drugs, to encourage prostitution, to disseminate venereal diseases, to do anything which is likely to cause demoralization and weaken the power of the party? Yes. If, for example, it would somehow serve our interest to throw sulfuric acid in a child's face, are you prepared to do that? Yes. Are you prepared to lose your identity, live out the rest of your life as a waiter or a dock worker? Yes. You're prepared to commit suicide if and when we order you to do so? Yes. You're prepared, the two of you, to separate, never see one another again 
No, broke in Julia. It appeared to Winston that a long time passed before he answered. For a moment, he seemed even to have been deprived of the power of speech. His tongue worked soundlessly, forming the opening syllables, first of one word, then of the other, over and over again. Until he'd said it, he didn't know which word he was going to say. No, he said finally. You did well to tell me, O'Brien. It is necessary for us to know everything. He turned himself toward Julia, added in a voice with somewhat more expression in it. Do you understand that even if he survives, it may be as a different person? We may be obliged to give him a new identity, his face, his movements, the shape of his hands, the color of his hair. Even his voice would be different. You yourself might have to become a different person. Our surgeons can alter people beyond recognition. Sometimes it's necessary. Sometimes we even amputate a limb. Winston couldn't help snatching another sidelong glance at Martin's Mongolian face. There were no scars that he could see. Julia turned a shade paler so that her freckles were showing, but she faced O'Brien boldly. She murmured something that seemed to be assent. Good. Then that is settled. There was a silver box of cigarettes on the table. With a rather absent-minded air, O'Brien pushed them towards the others, took one himself, then stood up and began to pace to and fro, as though he could think better standing. They were very, very good cigarettes, very thick, well-packed, with an unfamiliar silkiness in the paper. O'Brien looked at his wristwatch again. "'You'd better go back to your pantry, Martin,' he said. "'I shall switch on in a quarter of an hour. Take a good look at these comrades' faces before you go. You'll be seeing them again. I may not.' And exactly as they had done at the front door, the little man's dark eyes flickered over their faces. There was not a trace of friendliness in his manner. He was memorizing their appearance. But he felt no interest in them, or appeared to feel none. It occurred to Winston that a synthetic face was perhaps incapable of changing its expression. Without speaking or giving any kind of salutation, Martin went out closed the door silently behind him. O'Brien was strolling up and down, one hand in the pocket of his black overalls, the other holding his cigarette. You understand, he said. You'll be fighting in the dark. You will always be in the dark. You'll receive orders, and you'll obey them without knowing why. Later, I'll send you a book from which you'll learn the true nature of the society we live in and the strategy by which we shall destroy it. When you've read the book, you will be full members of the Brotherhood. But between the general alms, aims that we are fighting for, and the immediate tasks of the moment, you will never know anything. I'll tell you the Brotherhood exists. But I cannot tell you whether it numbers a hundred members or even ten million. 
From your personal knowledge, you will never be able to say that it numbers even as many as a dozen. You'll have three or four contacts who will be renewed from time to time as they disappear. As this was your first contact, it'll be preserved. When you receive orders, they'll come from me. If we find it necessary to communicate with you, it'll be through Martin. And when you're finally caught, you will confess. This is unavoidable. But you'll have very little to confess, other than your own actions. You'll not be able to betray more than a handful of unimportant people. Probably you will not even betray me. By that time, I may be dead, or I shall have become a different person with a different face. He moved to and fro across the soft carpet, and in spite of the bulkiness of his body, there was a remarkable grace in his movements. It came out even in the gesture with which he thrust a hand into his pocket or manipulated a cigarette. More even than of strength, he gave an impression of confidence and of an understanding tinged with irony. However much in earnest he might be, he had nothing of the single-mindedness that belongs to a fanatic. When he spoke of murder, suicide, venereal disease, amputated limbs, and altered faces, it was with a faint air of persiflage. This is unavoidable, his voice seemed to say. This is what we've got to do unflinchingly. But this is not what we shall be doing when life is worth living again. A wave of admiration, almost of worship, flowed out from Winston towards O'Brien. For the moment he'd forgotten the shadowy figure of Goldstein. When you looked at O'Brien's powerful shoulders and blunt-featured face, so ugly and yet so civilized, it was impossible to believe he could be defeated. There was no stratagem that he was not equal to, no danger he couldn't foresee. Even Julia seemed to be impressed. She'd let her cigarette go out and was listening intently, and O'Brien went on. You will have heard rumors of the existence of the Brotherhood. No doubt you've formed your own picture of it. You've imagined probably a huge underworld of conspirators meeting secretly in cellars, scribbling messages on walls, recognizing one another by code words or special movements of the hand. Nothing of that kind exists. The members of the Brotherhood have no way of recognizing one another, and it's impossible for any one member to be aware of the identity of more than a few others. Goldstein himself, if he fell into the hands of the Thought Police, could not give them a complete list of members or any information that would lead to a complete list. No such list exists. The Brotherhood cannot be wiped out, because it is not an organization in the ordinary sense. You'll never have anything to sustain you except the idea. You'll get no comradeship no encouragement, and when finally you're caught, you'll get no help. We never help our members. At most, when it's absolutely necessary that someone should be silenced, 
we are occasionally able to smuggle a razor blade into a prisoner's cell. You will have to get used to living without results and without hope. Wow. All right, that's where we're going to leave it for tonight. We'll continue on with a very long chapter 16 in George Orwell's 1984. Folks, thank you so much. If you wouldn't mind, please just click that follow button. It's right there. It really helps the show out a lot. Really appreciate it. It's free for you. Very easy to do. We're a podcast, of course. You can find The Jay Sheldon Show on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, anywhere you find your favorite podcasts, you'll find us. And of course, all of our great sponsors. Their links are in the show notes. You get some very amazing special deals there from us at The Jay Sheldon Show. Thank you, and we will see you all tomorrow. Snort. <laughs> 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 <laughs>